Welcome to Joyful Eating. I'm your host, Jules Clancy, a former food scientist and winemaker turned cookbook author and health coach. I've discovered a simple way to have a joyful relationship with food without sacrificing pleasure or my waistline, and I can help you get there too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, hello, and welcome to Joyful Eating, episode 27. So today we're going to be talking about positive restriction, or another way to think about it is um, food boundaries. But before we get to that, just thought I'd share the best bite I've had this week. And it was on Sunday night, we had this amazing um, Vietnamese carrot and lime and peanut salad. Basically, I'd planned to make kale salad that I've been making for years with tahini, and I was planning to, thinking about making that with lime. So it's like kale with the new massage, like lime and tahini and soy sauce into it to make the dressing. It's just so delicious. But then I was like, I kind of wanted to do a carrot salad. And then I was thinking, we kind of had a bit of an Asian vibe going on. So I decided to grate some carrots and then use the, the same dressing with lime and soy sauce, but instead of tahini, using peanut butter, smooth peanut butter. And it was a business. So I finished it with some like fresh mint and the grated carrots and it had that like beautiful and then some chopped peanuts on top and we had it with chicken wings. It was so delicious. That recipe definitely will be coming soon, but in the meantime, I'll link to the the kale original kale salad recipe in the show notes. So if you want to check that out, you can. Okay, so the plan for today is... Um, first, I'll share the story behind this episode, and then I'll delve into what exactly is positive restriction. Like, what exactly do I mean by that? And then how to use it. Like, how can it be helpful in your life? And then we'll also talk about what to do when you mess up. And then I'll share a key takeaway at the end, so you know exactly how to apply this to your life now. So the story behind this episode is. Basically, um, if you remember, if you haven't listened to, you can go back another time. But back in episode 11, I shared this idea of like psychological hunger. And basically, the short version of that is that when we restrict and we tell ourselves we can never have certain foods, it actually builds the desire for us to have those foods, right? And this is one of the main reasons why diets don't work for the long term, because they're always based around this list of foods, forbidden foods and foods that you should avoid. And that just, you know, psychologically it causes problems and it makes us want want those things more. So I'm very strong on like that we shouldn't be restricting and that we should be allowing ourselves to have like, you know, the food that we want. However, one thing I noticed with some of my clients, I noticed that that pendulum was swinging too far in the other direction. So their thought process would be like, you know, I don't want to restrict, so I need to eat bread. I need to eat croissants. And of course, when you they were eating too much of these foods and, and going too far in the direction. So, so what we want to do is find that balance. Like, yes, we don't want to restrict, but also we don't want to be overindulging and just going mental because that has consequences as well. So, you know, you don't want to be never having cake, but you also don't want to be always eating cake. And so positive restriction, it's a way to allow you to find that balance. And what you want to do is to use your prefrontal cortex. So this is like the most advanced part of your brain to help you choose and to help you decide to, to decide when to have like anything that kind of feels indulgent to you. So generally, you know, anything, the alcohol or anything that gives your brain a dopamine hit. So stuff like anything with sugar, flour, alcohol, those are the main offenders. 
So when we're making decisions in the moment, when we're especially if we're tired or we're emotional, then our prefrontal cortex isn't really working. And what we we're using a different part of our brain than called the amygdala. And that's why sometimes it can feel like you have like two people inside your head, <laughs> like making different decisions that that contradict each other. And it is because we literally have different parts of our brain that think in different ways. And so the amygdala is really good about keeping us it's more primitive part of our brain. It wants to keep us safe and its prime directive is to like, it's thinking in the moment, it wants to avoid pain and seek pleasure, right? So it's, that's all it can think about. And it actually can't think about concepts like the future. It's only our prefrontal cortex that can think about the future. So what we want to do is use our prefrontal cortex, but if if you're tired and emotional and it's in the moment, it's unlikely that your prefrontal cortex is you don't actually don't can't access it when you're when you're or when you're stressed. You know, we actually are using these other parts of our brain, and we kind of the prefrontal cortex goes offline a bit. So what we want to do, like to be able to access our prefrontal cortex, is to plan in advance. So when you're calm, you know, beginning of the day making your decisions then about what you're going around these indulgent things and deciding how much and how often you're going to eat them. The tricky thing, of course, is in the moment sticking to whatever you've decided. And really, this is the way that you can have your cake and be healthy too. It's really, it comes down to, yes, it does require a little bit of discipline and yes, it does require a bit of planning, but it's been, you know, fundamental for me on my journey with alcohol to being someone, becoming someone who has a healthy relationship with alcohol and sugar and all these things. Like it's really because I'm, I I use this, I practice this every day where I'm, I'm thinking through and I'm deciding in advance. So how about, how do you go about using it? So basically you want to decide how much and what you're going to have before you're in the moment. And so what I do with my um, my clients in the Naturally Healthy Club is we we actually do an exercise, a five-minute exercise every day where we're just, we're making those decisions ahead of time. So, you know, if we are going to be drinking, what are we going to be drinking and how much? And if, or if we're having sugar, whatever, you know, we make those decisions in advance. So you can do that on a day-to-day basis. The very least, like before you start drinking or before you start eating the cookies, just check in with yourself and go, okay, well, you know, because sometimes things come up that you haven't planned for. Just take a second to think, okay, I'm going out for drinks. I'm going to be having some drinks now. You know, how many do I want to have? And just decide that. And you want to be realistic about it. You don't want to be, you know, if you normally have five glasses of wine, you don't want to go to, oh, I'm only going to have one. Like make it realistic. So if you normally have five, make the plan five. But the great thing is that when you have a plan for five and you stick to your plan for five, that avoids you having like going on a bender and having 10. And But then over time, you know, you might want to, to slowly, okay, well, you know, this worked and, but maybe I actually only want to have four and you can kind of do it step by step. But in in the beginning, forming this habit of planning ahead is is so important. So you want to make the plan really realistic so that you can stick to it. And then as you do go along, you can, you can gradually adjust. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how, how you, how you do it. The other way you can do it is rather than doing it like every day or on a case by case basis is sometimes for some people, it can be helpful just to have general rules or I call them personal rules that you follow. So 
for me, I kind of have a general personal rule that if I'm having wine, I just have one glass these days. And that's just my kind of blanket decision. And But then I'll have, so it was my birthday and I actually planned like four glasses of champagne for the whole day. So I was having two at lunch and two at dinner um, and they're small glasses. But yeah, like, but my, my general rule is if I'm going out, I, so I don't have to think about it in advance. I just go, no, if I'm going out, I'm going to have one glass of wine and that's going to be it. So you, you can just have general rules that can be helpful for some people. And then of course the other option is like, yes, positive restriction is a way to enjoy these indulgences without the downside, um, you know, to find that balance. But for some people, like complete abstinence is the best. So some for some people, you know, never having sugar is easiest because they don't have to think about it. They're not like in this gray area. It's just black and white. And I think, you know, for a lot of people around alcohol, like, yes, the positive restriction is that they just don't do it because it's, it's more simple. But it's up to you to say, like, you'll know if could possibly work for you. You can just experiment with it and give it a go. It's definitely completely changed my relationship with alcohol and with sugar. And it just, you know, it, I'm able to enjoy those things, but without the, the negative consequences. And I think that the important thing with this concept is to just really look at the thoughts behind your decisions. Yeah, when I have thoughts around like I'm doing this for me, you know, I'm doing this because it helps me enjoy whatever I want without the negative consequences. Um, and this is so true for me in alcohol. And you know, another thought that can be helpful behind this is deciding in advance it helps me take care of myself. Um, and you know, that's a very different mindset to be coming from rather than approaching it from this, like, I can't be trusted, I'm weak-willed, you know, that, that kind of kind of mindset. So you want to be thinking about it from this perspective, I'm doing this for me. This is something that helps me and makes my life better. And then, so what do we do when you do mess up? So of course, that's what's going to happen. Like you'll plan something and then in the moment, you'll have some thoughts about it and you'll end up uh, deciding to not stick to your plan. And this happens, of course, like this is part of being human. And what we want to do is really look at and decide in advance, like, what are we going to make it mean when we quote unquote fail? And really, you know, just recognizing that this is like failure is part of the process. So messing up, like not sticking to your plan is part of the process. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just part of being human. And you really don't want to make it mean that you can't be trusted or that you're a hopeless case or this will never work for you or you'll never learn. Instead, like I just treat it like, okay, this happened. There's something for me to learn here. And then I just get curious about it and go, okay, well, you know, what was I actually thinking in the moment when I decided to have that extra three glasses of wine or whatever it was? Um, you know, what, what, what were the thoughts that were driving that? And just getting curious and that way you can figure out like what was the self-talk that was going on and then what could I what could I do differently next time and that's how you're going to learn and so I had I was actually coaching um, one of my clients and she'd had this bit of an overeating episode with some cheese and crackers that so she's in lockdown and a neighbor had dropped around a care package with you know lovely cheese and crackers and so she'd overdone it over the weekend with those. And so what we did, we just like got, I got her to like think through like, 
you know, it was fine that that happened and what can she learn from it? And so she actually, you know, thought it through and she came up with, well, you know, next time that she could you know, get serve out the cheese and crackers that she was going to have and have it sitting down. And then she could like decide in advance how many crackers she was going to have and then put the rest in the bin or put them in the compost or something and then enjoy the crackers. And then when she had that urge to go, oh, I've got the, you know, I wouldn't mind more just reminding herself that, no, I've already had this is enough, this has been great, and just having that self-talk ready for when she did have the urge to have more. Um, Yeah, so that is positive restriction or food boundaries in a nutshell. Um, And actually, one more thing is, I'll do a whole episode on urges, actually, because they they are pretty pretty fascinating. But another thing to just be aware of is, of course, you're going to have the urge to have more than you planned, right? Particularly with alcohol, that's how it works. Once you have one, you want more. What I do with myself is I just make it into a bit of a joke. Like, I'm just like have a bit of a laugh at myself and go, hey, you know, of course, I'm having this urge to have more. Of course, you want more wine jewels. Like, you know, it's delicious. And or of course, I want more cake or I want more ice cream. And then I just go, yep, okay, a little urge. It's, it's okay. I, I see you. It's okay for you to be there, but I'm not going to give in to you. And just think of your urge like, you know, a toddler having a tantrum in a in a sweet section of the, the supermarket. Like they want the, like if you give in to the urge, then that's just going to make the urge grow stronger. So you can have a little bit of fun with, fun with urges. So it's a little side note, but I will do it an episode on urges. Okay, so that brings us to our key takeaway. So really, you know, what I want you to take from this episode is that like while restriction and telling yourselves we can never have things doesn't work for the long term because it fuels our psychological hunger and builds for desire for the things that we like can't have, you also don't want to go too far in the other direction where you're just allowing yourself to like and just having this permission to just you know, eat random stuff all the time. What you want to do instead is use your prefrontal cortex and start deciding in advance before you start eating or drinking and then, you know, doing the work around sticking to your plan. And you don't have to do this on your own. If you want some help with this, um, you should totally check out the Naturally Healthy Club, which is my uh, six-month group coaching program. And you can get personally coached by me and also there's a community of like-minded people that are doing similar work. So it's a really fun, safe environment to do this work and learn how to find the balances and use these tools. So uh, if you want to find out more about that, just go to my blog, which is thestonesoup.com. So the and then stone as in rock and then soup as in a bowl of, and then click on the coaching tab and that will um, give you all the information about Naturally Healthy Club, which is really fun. Okay, so I will catch you next week. Bye. Before you go, this is the best part. So if you enjoyed Joyful Eating, subscribe to the podcast and I'd love to send you a copy of my free cookbook called Six Ingredients, 20 Minutes, Simple Whole Foods for Joyful Weeknight Dinners. It's full of easy recipes so delicious they'll satisfy even the biggest food snob. Just Google Stone Soup and you'll find it.